From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Spotlights. Come here, let me look at you. Spotlight, I want to keep doing Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Hey, Barbara. How are you doing today? It's unbelievable. Well, first of all, let me just say I'm excited because the fall is here. Are, are you picking up the crisp coolness yeah, in the air? It's a little cooler. The that students. hot, hot, hot oh, stuff is gone. Oh, I love it. It's exciting. What are we going to talk about today? We have Jay Livingston, who's the chief marketing officer at Shake Shack, and he just told us he's been there for five years, right? You've been for five years. Um, so welcome to our show and talking about the history and the coolness and all the new marketing ideas from Shake Shack. Welcome. So excited to be here. So you, you've been at Shake Shack for five years, but you were telling us Shake Shack's been around. The original one was around from in Madison Square Park in, in New York, which is right across from the Flatiron Building. I know that because my son lives right there. Um, and it was originally just like a very cool little hot dog stand. It wasn't even hamburgers. It was hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. A well-known restaurateur named Danny Meyer, right. uh, who's written a really great book called Setting the Table. He owned a fine dining restaurant called 11 Madison Park. Which is the most was, famous restaurant of all, right? Sure. Well. <laughs> uh, which was right on Madison Square Jay's Park. like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and the park was falling under ill repair. Mm. So he really was looking for a way to raise some funds to revitalize the park. So they started a hot dog cart that mm. they rolled out in the park every day with hot dogs and later hamburgers that they made out of the 11 Madison Park Kitchen, one of the best restaurants in the world. Wow. And it went bonkers, lines lines wow. around the park. Um, and it was so popular that after two years of that, they built a standalone site, uh, basically structure called Shake Shack mm. that served burgers from the 11 Madison Park dining room. So it's still to this day, the very same burger, mm. uh, same meat, wow. same potato rolls, same combination of sax, shack sauce, et cetera. So a significant portion of proceeds from that Shake Shack still in Madison Square Park went to revitalize that park. And um, if you've been there, you can see how beautiful it oh, is. Oh, the park today. is fantastic. It's shocking to me what you're saying, that there was any problem with it. Because it's right. Yeah. It's fantastic. There's lots of benches there. It's a beautiful place right across from Flatiron. And now Italy is across the street there, too. And they've built into into that whole environment. Italy must not have been there when you're in the time you were talking about Oh, no, nothing was around there from mm. that standpoint. Mm -hmm. And it really, um, you know, so our roots are in fine dining. And to this day, that's <laughs> kind of what separates us is we're a fine dining burger in a fast casual environment. So, wow. OK, so that's cool. the shack in Madison, that was the thing for a while. And then I think you were. So how long was that the only Shake Shack, like the only one for, was for several years? And then Randy Garuti, who's our CEO now. He had this idea of like, Danny, we got to open a second shack. Like it would be phenomenal. And he found this place on the Upper West Side that they opened a second shack. They never had any idea that it would go as big, you know, as it's gone. So uh, a few years later, they opened a, a second shack. And then the third shack was in Dubai. Oh, wow. 
Wait, how how's that, that for growth? How's that yeah. for growth plans? That doesn't make yeah. sense. So you know what happened is basically you've got this company wow. with a couple of businesses. Uh, wow, a, a very wealthy um, Middle Eastern family approached Danny and said, "Man, we'd love to have a Shake Shack in Dubai." And they said, "We're not ready for that. That is a <laughs> that is a ways off." Uh-huh. And he said, how about we buy the license for many million dollars? And Danny uh-huh. said, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So wow. that really got us into license. So we own them all in the U.S. Mm. We licensed to one licensee overseas okay. per country. Interesting. And th- that really got us in that game and kind of advanced wow. the company forward with both the funds from that, but also this idea of like, hey, if we can pull all that together overseas and we have this fan base there, maybe we should be accelerating here domestically too. So I don't know when you opened the first Shake Shack in Philadelphia, but I remember it was a huge deal. Right. Like you were describing in that, you know, lines around the block. Yes. When that one first opened here, there were lines around the block to yes. try to get the hamburger from that opening. Was that the case when you were opening those original um, stores in the U.S. that everywhere you went, people were super excited about it? Still the case. I mean, we have uh, rules in Malaysia. We've had burger scalping issues when we open. Mm. And there'll be lines so long that people will buy the burgers and scalp them to the back of the line for $20, $25. Wow. And and wow. so you can only buy three at a time. Oh, wow. wow. There's a there's a burger gray market that's happening dur- in the line. That's amazing, right? That's wow. right. Yeah, so we get that reception almost wherever we go. We're opening about one every four days somewhere in the world. Wow. Um, so, so, like, I know I, I, the way my experience with Shake Shack is mostly from Philly. I don't know how much this generalizes, but it's mostly a hot dog and hamburger menu. There's like ice cream, and but it's it, it's still pretty limited, right? It's there's not okay. just okay. We got some education. <laughs> Right <laughs> Jay's okay. like, Jay, Jay's like, okay, okay, you you guys are newbies, so let me just school you on the menu here. Okay, so we're known for our burgers, fresh right. lemonade, crinkle cut fries, okay. and also uh, our our shakes. But what we have oh, is the special. Shakes, right. So it's custard. It's not ice cream. So oh, you all sorry, know the difference. Sorry. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ice cream? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So custard, custard goes back eggs. to the fine dining. Uh, DNA is that correct? Yeah, a little bit fine dining, a little yeah. bit from Danny's roots in St. Louis, where mm. there are a few states in the Midwest that really focus on custard. Custard, nice. So custard has eggs, which give it that give it that basically creamy uh, texture that you get. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's super difficult to make. We have machines in the back mm. of the restaurants that tick out custard very slowly all night. Oh wow! And that's what we serve. Mm-hmm. Um, out there in the world. Most restaurants, by the way, you'll notice they don't say ice cream because they can't legally say ice cream. It mm. doesn't have enough milk fat. Oh, interesting. Wow. So if you, think of all your, I don't want to start naming all these okay. things, but yeah. think of what they call ice cream products at all these different, you know, uh, fast food and so forth. Yeah. And they're not ice cream. They're not yeah, they ice call cream. them blizzard or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very, very interesting. So it's expensive snow. and hard to make. Gotcha. Real, Jay, how many, how many total, uh, um, right now, how many total stores uh, in this country and uh, also uh, globally? We're about 320 uh, in the U.S. Gotcha. and we're another 250 or so. Wow, incredible. So what, I mean, you're saying fine dining, but what characterizes fine dining is like there's one 11 Madison. Now you have this many of these Shake Shacks. How are you keeping the quality? Yeah, yeah talk about high? that. Talk about it's quality It's so difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and by the way, I oversee um, supply chain, QA, culinary, menu innovation, along oh. with digital, along with marketing. Oh, wow. So, you know, I'm deeply embedded. I go, go to our farms where we get our our 
pork, our beef, our chicken, et cetera, mm-hmm. we use fine dining ingredients. So for instance, if you have a burger in lab in any of the New York City shacks, you're having a Pat Lafreda, uh, no hormone, no antibiotic, all natural Angus beef. Wow. Like almost nobody does anything like that. Gotcha. Right? Like fresh cut tomatoes, uh, shack sauce. We don't have high fructose corn syrup in the restaurant outside of the Coke machine. Gotcha. Um, everything is very really as high end ingredient you can do. We cook everything to order. And, so yes, we cook it right when you order it up. Um, and it's very hard. It's very hard to scale. Right. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we're a little bit slower and a little bit more expensive than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's where a lot of our money goes into the ingredients. Gotcha. So did you say these were licensed or franchises or like who operates it? Like who sets it up and make sure they all follow the rules? So we own them all in the U S mm-hmm. so, us um, and then, except for stadiums and airports, which we license oh, gotcha. uh, to HMS, for instance, for for most airports, etc. Mm-hmm. And then license to one licensee per country, which is usually a family that owns, say, the Starbucks license and oh, a couple of other premier brands. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that gives us a lot of control over the experience. The fact that we don't franchise in the U.S., got so, it. Um, mm-hmm. We own everything. So are you going to slow down the growth? I mean, because if I were to say, oh, you know, this could get bad if you have too many. Um, is there any sense of that? We're always a little bit aware of you kind of move from what I call um, scarcity to scale. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we think we have a tremendous amount of runway to keep opening. I mean, if you look at some of our competitors, let's say a Chick-fil-A even, which is a little bit different, but I mean, they've got thousands and they believe they'll open thousands more. Right. I I think we could, you know, we've got a long runway ahead of us. So how do you keep, uh, you're, you said you were in charge, like, it sounded like I know multiple hats, (laughs) (laughs) digital (laughs) menu, innovation, (laughs) marketing integration. Oh my goodness. So like, how do you keep two hours with our chefs downstairs (laughs) tasting uh, I can't tell you all the names because they're future things, but tasting a variety of lemonades, upcoming oh, LTOs. Wow. Sir, you have the greatest uh, job in the world. Let me just say that's kind of amazing. Yeah, <laughs> so good. that's, that's what good. I was going to ask you for some like marketing one-on-one advice on like your philosophy on things, like your philosophy on brand. You know, Americans and I talk about this a lot. A lot of these current brands, like I'm sure you've heard of Bud Light, um, think it's important to have a social stance or um, stand for more values than just like the product that they stand for. What is your position on what the brand should stand for? Yeah. And talk, and I mean, as you, sorry to interrupt, Jane, as you answer that question, ex- break down for us, diagnose the Shake Shack brand. I think you started to do that with the fine dining DNA lineage argument, but continue to, to elaborate on the meaning system that Shake Shack is intended to stand for as it's positioning in the marketplace to Barbara's point. I'll answer your question first and go to Barbara's, which is the trickier one, but also (laughs) one I'm really comfortable with. You know, our mission is to stand for something good. And I love that tagline. Almost nobody knows this, but the idea of standing for something good was based on those huge lines in Madison Square Park. (laughs) Oh, it's which you're standing, right? You're standing in line for something good, something really exceptional, but also to help the park. So exceptional and great, exceptional food. And, you know, what we really do and what my a lot of my job is to make sure that we get the word out because in New York it's pretty well known but as you move out we've expanded so quickly people don't always know our ingredient messaging um, the kind of experience we bring and so that's something we we've never done mass media before um, and that's something that we need to tell our story more and that I'm very focused on is the is the CMO portion of my role 
Okay. Then, yeah. You know what I would say to answer your question is uh, we're in the middle of everything, right? <laughs> we have a big social media presence. Mm. Everything we do gets press. Mm. And we, um, my attitude about it is we, we're going to stand for our values very strongly. Um, but we also want to serve burgers to everyone. You know, I have an interesting point of view because I'm Southern. I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived in New York City for about 15 years. Oh, wow. um, New York City can be a bubble. Yes. Where yes. Uh, I love calling us the city of misfits. And I say that in a really fun way. But yes. we're all um, in this bubble of how we view the world. But yet there's a, we're in Texas and Florida and California and Tennessee and everywhere else. And we need to make sure that as a brand, we never get away from our values. But we also understand that I'm not going to I'm not going to step into controversies mm. that are politically charged um, to make a point when I want everybody to enjoy Shake Shack, right? That, to so, me, that makes sense. Yep, like that's yep. a consistent message that Bud Light should have gotten right. Yep, I mean, because yep. they, their message, their CMO or, or CEO or somebody said that they wanted to serve beer to everyone. But the problem was that they took out an issue that wasn't, one that everybody agreed on and then they couldn't do one thing or the other they were kind of stuck right i mean they both insulted their core guest yeah and then as so often happens in brand business cases that go bad their response you know i i'll tell you the best quote i saw is from a distributor that said first they lost the country bars and then they lost the gay bars <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And, and yeah. what they did was they alienated both groups that's by it. basically yeah. going back and forth. And so, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, that's just one of those good lessons of um, you want to appeal. They wanted to appeal to a new, what they regard as a new generation that was drinking beer, but you can't forget your core guests and mm-hmm. what they believe in. And they had a very, uh, they had a very specific guest that had been keeping Bud Light afloat for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but and like you said, you don't have to go into that to keep the young people involved. You don't have to go into political vo- voices if your goal is just to serve everybody a burger. Right, but but sure. at the same time, you can stand for things that go beyond just yeah, you just know, the, the burger if features, you want right? to. Right, you yeah, which we st- do all behind. And yeah. by the way, when we get heat for those things, we're not going to back off it, right. right? Because as you know, every good marketing conversation should be all right, let's say the response to this is backlash, right? Like I'm a big, uh, the word, if you ask me, if you ask my team to say, what does Jay say all the time? What's the one word he uses all the time? And Mm. I'll say provocative Mm -hmm. because Mm. I believe that good marketing needs to evoke emotion. Mm -hmm. And that means people are not always going to like that or they're Mm going to be on the other side of it. But I want to make sure we feel so rock solid on any position we take that if we get the heat, we're ready for it. And right. We're not going to back down because it's what we believe in and we're going to stick with it. And so that mm-hmm. that take, can take guts yeah. um, when it comes at you. Yep. So like the other thing that we're seeing in modern marketing is unusual collaborations. And so we understand you have some partnership with Universal Studios um, that you're doing with the new worldwide hit Super Mario Brothers. What, like, wow. what are you doing Very with cool. them and why'd Very you pick cool. them? You know, it's funny, a, a lot, they kind of picked us um, and they were launching Super Mario Brothers, the film, and they were, we had done a couple of fun promotions where folks came to us like the Game of Thrones final season. HBO came to us and said, we want to do something cool with you all because you're great. Um, you're great marketers. We're not going to expect you to pay for it. We just want to do something cool. cool. So we did this amazing, you know, we had a fire and eyes shake and burger that we did just for fun around the country nice. and other other media brands were paying attention to that, Universal being one of them. They said, we're launching this film. 
uh, Mario and Luigi are from Dumbo in Brooklyn. Gotcha. And you've got a shack, a great shack in Dumbo. Why don't we do like an opening party there? Wow, uh, that would have been so cool. Did that already happen? Yes. It already happened. (laughs) Barbara, you're late to the game. (laughs) Amazing party there. And of course, nobody knew. Oh, I mean, they may have known, but we didn't necessarily know it would be the best performing animated film. I believe now it's of all time. Oh, wow. It's a fantastic Um, movie, actually. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. And so we've got an upcoming, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but we've got another fun film that's coming up with them as well, based on that relationship. So we're excited about that. Wow. That is pretty cool. So like, how do you keep up with all this other, you know, like every day we're, we're trying to learn about, like America said, like TikTok or YouTube or all these other things and, you know, partnerships with, with movies or influencers. And now there's a writer's strike. So the content is slowing down. Like, how do you part? This is your job to figure out, right? What to, what to do, what not to do to mm-hmm. continue to build your brand. Mm-hmm. What's your philosophy on parsing through all of yes, this? Yes, good question. Well, one, I, I want to go where the eyeballs are and I want to be in the fabric of the conversation, oh. right? And to do that, you don't always know which of these newest social media platforms are going to take off. So my philosophy for our social media team, they do a great job of this is whenever one starts to get a little traction, we're going to be right there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It can be Clubhouse, it could be Threads, mm. it could be TikTok, it could be whoever it is because Talking you're, about you're things that came and went. Games, right, 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 right. Yeah, you notice how I'm throwing in a right. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of them aren't necessarily going to take off. But if you're not in the one that does, if you weren't in t- TikTok kind of early, you're kicking yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. right. I don't so, know about Clubhouse. That one you might have That's what I mean. I, yeah. I, we didn't really do much there because I was kind of dubious on that. But, you know, we'll see where Threads goes. But we got, I think, 80,000 followers in the first week of Threads. Oh, wow. And we wanted to be there not knowing. Yep. Where, we still don't know where it will go. But if it if it does take off, we'll be there. So. That's something where I think you got to really make sure you are following uh, where people are interacting with each other and you got to be there as a, as a great brand. So like we're talking about building your brand and you were talking about, you know, where the eyeballs are and what's innovation. Is your all your innovation going to come through marketing and these collaborations or are you going to come up with new product foods? Like you no. start gonna, are you going to start serving fried chicken or, you know, you know, <laughs> well, is so, it going to be through product innovation? Right, right. So one other thing, we have the best chicken sandwich in the oh, game. Oh, you do already have chicken. Wow. I it is, and it's <laughs> not even Ladies close. and gentlemen, shots have been fired. <laughs> it's really not close. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'd love for you guys to go try it and tell me if you disagree. Okay. I eat a I'll hamburger every time I, I go there. Every time, this is amazing. This is amazing. So the chicken sandwich is epic. Is that what you're saying, Jay? It's epic. Wow. Get the, get, tell me. I'd love to hear uh, hear about your all's experience there for trying it. But okay. yeah, it's okay. really good. Yeah. So one of the things I, I have the privilege of overseeing, you know, menu and culinary. And I've never liked the idea as a marketer where somebody says, I'm going to hand you a product and then you go sell it. Gotcha. And then, by the way, when it doesn't sell, <laughs> yes. hey, man, why aren't you selling this product better, right? Like, right, right. I, I, I want to build marketing into the product. Mm. So, you know, one example I just use is like last one of the last promotions we did. We did a hot chicken sandwich, but we started by doing it with hot ones. You may be familiar with like First We Feast and the Hot One Show yep. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where they interview them eating progressively hotter wings. And we yes. said, like, if we're going to do a chicken sandwich. Why don't we use that last dab sauce that those guys have? Wow. And now we've got a built in media partnership that's great for them as well. Gotcha. And that gave us so much more momentum than if we just launched a hot menu product gotcha. on our own. Interesting. And, I see. and that's the advantage 
and if you've got CMOs listening out there, that's the advantage of having product development under marketing. You gotcha. can build marketing into the product. It's integrated. Yeah, because a lot of times that isn't the way it's it not. is set up. That's that right. Isn't. So how active is Danny Meyer still in it? Is he still involved in everything? Danny's chairman of our board. Um, so he's not involved outside of being chairman of the board on a daily basis. I do. Danny's an amazing human. I talk to him you know, a good bit about things and he's still involved with ideas and thoughts and so forth. But he is, um, he's now also chairman. He just recently retired as CEO of Union Square Hospitality Group mm-hmm. that owns a mm-hmm. bunch of fine dining restaurants like Gramercy Tavern and mm-hmm. Union Square Cafe and yep. Daily Provisions. And and uh, he also has a bunch of interesting projects going on, but he, he's really, he's a seer. You know, he's really a visionary. Gotcha. It is interesting how the world of food and these chefs and all these yes. ideas have become so celebrity oriented. I mean, they're the celebrities now. People, a lot, all the so. food shows that happened on pandemic and things like that. It's like the new. It's it's where the excitement is is in food. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. this is amazing. It's totally true. I say all the time. So I came, you know, before this, I was CMO of uh, a dog company called BarkBox, and we made a subscription box for dogs. Oh, um, I heard that. It went public yep. a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. They've done an amazing job. So I've done dogs and food, <laughs> and now there's just probably babies. You know? <laughs> before that, I was at Bank of America for uh, oh, how 20 boring. years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. money's pretty strong. Money's yeah, right guess, up there, too. I so I really feel like I've gotten like a you lot got of You got all of the bases Well, covered. I think you need to go into alcohol. That yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, really, the, really we sell alcohol. We yeah. have our own beer. Interesting. Oh wow, yeah, that's very nice. Over. Really, really quickly, Jay. Um, we're, we've got about three and a half minutes left. Quick, you, it sounds like you're always on the cutting edge of whatever things are cool that are going to put you in front of where the consumers are. Are you doing anything in the metaverse? Are you doing anything in the digital space that you know the AI metaverse sort of space can is are, you know are people building Shake Shacks and Roblox? I mean, what what's going on? <laughs> That's unnatural, isn't it? Yeah, it it seems like have it in the game environment. Well, you know, back to that idea that we want to get our toe in a lot of things so we have an understanding early, if that's where a lot of people go. Um, We were playing, we were going to play in the metaverse in a bigger way early. And then when we saw it kind of become, uh, you know, I don't want to call it a fad for sure, but we know that it didn't keep up that level of excitement. Well, certainly Uh, not Facebook's. Right, uh, right, right. Yeah. We decided to pull back a little bit from that. And mm-hmm. we watch a lot. Like we actually um, did have some really interesting things in the gaming world, but uh, we're just kind of watching it for now. I think uh, Metaverse and what, what Facebook was trying to do is one thing, but I think the gaming world and immersive media and that kind of stuff, in, that's still here. In gaming, we're very much supportive and into that. And uh, yeah, I agree with you completely. And we've got... Um, a lot of the gamers are big fans of Shake Shack, and we've done a lot of. Oh, I imagine you, that 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 group. target segment is overlies with your targets. So I know I used to do some work. I used to be in Miami. I did a little work for Burger King, and the the target segment was like an eighteen year old male. That was like the heavy user. Is that your heavy user or mm. no? Oh, no, we have sort of two groups of guests. They're people that don't eat fast food, but they'll eat Shake Shack. Mm. Uh, we have very affluent guests um, from that standpoint. And then we have the groups that do eat fast food and Shake Shack's a little bit of their splurge. Mm. So it's date night, it's celebrations, it's birthdays, et cetera. Um, And that's kind of our our two groups. Yeah, that makes sense. Very cool. Well, Jay, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can our listeners go to follow you in particular? You have so much energy. And then also to learn more about Shake Shack. 
Well, ShakeShack.com, you can download our app. You can see us on the web. We have kiosks in the restaurants. Our app is amazing. You mm. can get delivery straight from there, wow. uh, the Shack app. Uh, and then I'm at Jay Livingston on LinkedIn. You know what's funny? What's when that? I was hired here, my uh, CEO said, am I going to hire a CMO that doesn't have Instagram? <laughs> and I said, yeah, because I can't. If I add it, something's got to go. Uh-huh. You know, I can't manage the company Instagram. So so LinkedIn would be the, the right place uh, to go. That's gotcha. great. Very well, thank exciting. you so much thank for you, spending sir. some time with us. And we'd like to thank our producers, Dan Simpkins and Dana Cash. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and we replay our show several times the week. You can follow us on Twitter at SXM Marketing and follow Business Radio at SXM Business for information about our programming. And check out our website, SXMMarketing.com, or check out Wharton's website, Knowledge at Wharton, for in- information about our podcast and some other podcasts that we do. Thank you all for listening today. We'll be back next week. Till then, this has been Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn here with America's Read. Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.